You're listening to Rewire with Susan, the podcast for you to learn in 12 minutes or less software development topics in the most simple way and acquire some guidance for your career in tech. Strap up and let's go. Here's your host, Susan. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Rewire with Susan. Um, I'm happy to be back here with you and I am glad to have you listen to me and listen to another rant <laughs> in this episode. Um, these are difficult times for a whole lot of people specifically and particularly the people that are currently going through the war crisis in, in Ukraine. Um, and my heart goes out to those, you know, who are currently going through a lot of hurt and pain and loss right now. And for people that have had to also flee or return to their countries, um, I really hope that all of this um, becomes a thing of the past real soon. And yeah, um, today I'm going to be talking about five things you should be doing as a junior developer. So if you're a junior developer listening to me or you are looking to get into programming, this is definitely something you want to listen to. Um, so don't sleep on this. So let's get right into it. Now, the reason why I am talking about this today is because as a developer, it is not uncommon to be clueless as to what you should be doing on the team, what kind of questions to ask, how to handle feedback and how to grow essentially. And so these are things that I definitely had um, some difficulty with as well. And I also had my fair share of struggles with, and this is why I will be talking about this um, in this episode. Um, the first thing I would definitely want to talk about is the impact of mentorship. Um, mentorship is something that you definitely don't want to look past. As a junior developer, your mentor would help you get on the right path. They'll answer questions, you know, introduce you to the right people. It's important to also be able to tell the difference between who is a role model and who is a mentor. A role model may not be able to perform the role of a mentor, um, so it helps to identify the difference early. Your mentor needs to be definitely someone you can easily access and seek help from. So they should be able to set aside time for you when you need help. They should be able to send you resources, do code reviews have good live sessions with you they should be able to send you to mauritius when you get tired of the whole thing you know they should be able to give you some spa treatment okay i'm going to stop now but really <laughs> they should be able to do like the basic you know things to help you stay focused to provide support and laying out a career path you know so definitely um this doesn't mean your mentor is spawn feeding you and so having a mentor is not an excuse to be lazy but they should actually be helping you to go the extra mile another thing to you know take note of is that um, when seeking help from your mentor um, on any maybe problem complex problem situation question you're having you want to make sure that you have also done your research about the problem itself so you are not you know just placing all the burden on them or um, just asking questions that you have that are not well thought out or well researched if that makes sense um, so yeah that's that's it so it's very important to have a mentor for sure Remote Africa is a platform that connects opportunities overseas with African professionals. So if you're African or live in Africa, this is literally the best news because you have access to remote jobs without necessarily having to start a new life elsewhere. On this platform, you're only connected to companies interested in hiring talent in Africa. You don't have to worry about time zone biases or location restrictions as these are kept in mind when the jobs 
are uploaded on the platform. With Remote Africa, you have access to jobs in tech, marketing, management, finance, product, and design. So visit remoteafrica.io to get your next remote gig now. Now, the second thing, and one of the most important things, is embracing constructive criticism. <laughs> I don't know why I always have a problem saying criticism, <laughs> but yeah, embracing constructive criticism. So have you come across those kind of people that like when you give them um, compliments about maybe their shoes or their hair or, you know, something they have on, like they have the brightest green you've ever seen in this entire life. But when you just mention one small thing that is probably not even their fault or, you know, could like, it's not exactly a big deal. Like they are. They're, they're, they're just mad about it like they don't want to hear it they just want to make excuses they get defensive you know now a lot of us can be like that let's just be honest but when you are starting out as a junior developer this is something that you definitely want to be open to right when i started coding i was privileged to work with a colleague who was like one of the founding founders of a fan company so the code review comments <laughs> that I was always got on my PR then did not come with a lot of love. Like it was, it wasn't, it wasn't like cute. Hey Susan, could you change this? Or Susan, do you think? Nah, it wasn't. It was nothing like that. It was just like, it wasn't like. <laughs> I don't even know how to explain it. But yeah, the feedback wasn't. It wasn't wrapped in nice packaging. Let's just put it that way, right? And that's one thing is important. That's important to know as a as a developer, whether junior or senior. But specifically in this case, junior for junior devs, um, feedback would not always like feedback comes in different shapes and sizes. <laughs> some will come with love. Some in angry code review comments. Some come like asked for. Some don't. So that's something you need to be prepared for. Of course, you know, ideally you should as as like whoever is giving you feedback should be giving you constructive feedback not feedback to put you down or you know um bring down your self-esteem and things like that but yeah it's also realistic to know that it wouldn't always come that way so you should also be seeking out feedback right you need to be proactive when it comes to receiving feedback you know besides just receiving feedback in form of code reviews you want to ask questions like what you could do better what you want to, what you need to do more of, less of, you know, and don't just think this feedback needs to come from your superiors, right? Ideally, you know, it should be coming from your superiors, but even from your peers, you know, you definitely have some peers that know much better than you and maybe are already succeeding in some areas that you still have difficulty with. So it's just wise and the sensible thing to do. Um, to ask for their feedback. I remember I had a friend, Jide, shout out to you if you're listening to this, but, you know, Jide can be quite proud sometimes, but he was really good at what he was doing. And I, I, I identified that quickly and humbled myself, you know, to learn from him, to, you know, sit down with him, talk to him. Whenever I was having any issues, I could reach out to him and ask for help, ask, you know, to give it to me straight without, you know, mincing words where I wasn't doing well and where I needed to sit up. So these are things that, um, you know, I think is very important for you to grow, right? Try to get feedback, try to get feedback about what you're doing. Don't just think you're, you're doing the perfect thing or everything is fine. Yeah, you might be doing the perfect thing, but you also like nobody knows it all, right? Even the person that is probably answering your questions does not know it all. You know, so it's important to seek out feedback, seek for help, talk to people. You know, that's one of the ways to accelerate your growth. The third thing I would talk about is being a part of the why 
and not just the how in in tech you are going to be involved in a lot of meetings oh my goodness a lot of meetings both the ones that make sense the ones that don't make sense to you at least um and it depends on the kind of company you're into right maybe not all companies have have lots of meetings um but some companies do have a lot of meetings that you find yourself in in being a part of the why these meetings are important at least some of them actually most of them are important i think <laughs> I'm, I'm talking based on you know my own experience but i think a lot of these meetings are important because they give you context right so if you are um just doing work you know getting your tasks done or churning out your code and everything that's great but that alone does not give you the full perspective of what you're doing and the value you're adding both to the team as a whole and to the business right so being involved in these meetings which is which to me is being a part of the why is you know allowing yourself immersing yourself in getting a, a bigger picture of what you're doing you know bringing yourself out of the zone sometimes this is definitely inclusive of stand-ups retros meetings that have to do with the big picture you want to have your attention not only you know providing technical solutions to the business but also have good perspective on the work and the value you're adding this is also an opportunity to know who you could be helping on the team and so many other things so yeah you don't want to take the why for granted you don't want to take those meetings for granted yeah and of course i always have a picture of this if for example you're looking to start up your own company someday you know if you're not looking to code for the rest of your life and you want to actually build something you know these meetings are actually a good segue into understanding how you know businesses work understanding how like the pain points the you know the effect of the things you're doing and how you can even build your own in a better way you know so these are things that are also great maybe not in the short term but ultimately would be a great addition to you in the long term the fourth is <laughs> this one is is something that i believe almost everyone has heard but yeah read the documentation guys I've worked with a lot of developers that do not read the documentation. Their first response to any tool or any question they are looking for is Stack Overflow Google. <laughs> now, of course, don't get me wrong, there's nothing wrong with using these tools. And in fact, more than half of the problems that we encounter has been asked or answered on Stack Overflow before, um, I would like to believe. But there is definitely greater value that comes from, you know, taking our time to actually study documentation of any tool or language or concept that you're making use of. because. You know, reading doc the documentation will answer, you'll find out eventually that it will answer most of, or more than half of the questions, you know, that you would end up either asking your mentor, you know, or asking somebody else. So the documentation would help to deepen your knowledge of any technology, especially solid documentations. Now, I'm not shading any <laughs> documentation that is hard to read, but for the most part, right, the documentation would give you a better knowledge of any tool besides just google and stack overflow where you just you know quick and dirty get a solution and get going the documentation will help you you know understand it tool better and how to use it in more ways than than you probably just need it for right now and the final thing i will talk about is don't be sentimental about your code <laughs> it can be a bit difficult for people that are quite defense no i wouldn't say defensive but for people that are quite protective about their work which I believe applies to all creatives and people that are, in fact, most programmers are quite protective about your work, unless you don't really care about your work. But you, you tend to be protective about something you've built, which I think is just human nature. As a programmer, there will be times where maybe something you have built is just not useful anymore. 
um, not because there's sometimes because maybe the quality is not that good of course in this case you're a junior you're just learning something so you might have not built it to you know scale well for the for what you're using it for um there's so many reasons it could be because the business is going in a different direction and so the technical requirements have changed you know there are just so many reasons why your code might not be used anymore and so you might like you would need to change it or upgrade it you know to match the current requirements and there's no need to take offense with that like just i think you should learn to be flexible now this is not um saying that you can't have your opinions about things as a junior you might have some opinions if you are, are really sure about what you're doing the 70 to 80 percent you might not really have strong opinions about things at that time especially when you have more experience in your developers around you it is okay and it is fine to share what you think but i think you should also be flexible and you know be able to adapt to change when it comes um so it's important not to be sentimental about your code um it's important to be open to you know conversations dialogues when you get code reviews um don't be bent on doing it one way because that's the only way you've learned there are so many ways to do things right so be open to dialogue be open to possible changes um be open to corrections um just make sure that you're not being <laughs> sentimental and overly defensive about your code and yeah and i hope that this um you've learned something from this episode i had fun talking about it as well yeah i hope to see you in the next episode Head on over to rewirewithsusan.com to catch up on all episodes. And don't forget to subscribe to your podcast player and drop a review if you like this show.